Let me tell you a little bit about myself, just so we can kind of get an understanding of where I come from, maybe my background. Dr. Getch had told you I was born and raised in Ravenswood, and we're known for absolutely nothing. Uh, we didn't get our first stoplight until I was a teenager in our little town of about 3,000 people. I didn't have McDonald's until I was 16 years old. Uh, can you believe that? No, that's true. Our school took a field trip to McDonald's when it opened. <laughs> Along with all the public schools, it was a madhouse. And the McDonald's created such traffic that they had to put a stoplight to let people out of the McDonald's. And so that was our first stoplight in town. We're a little river town. And I grew up there. I grew up in a Christian school, uh, Heritage Christian Academy. It was there in a Bible class that I came to trust Christ as my Savior at the age of five. Uh, Mrs. Anderson was my Bible teacher. She'd come in and she'd volunteer to teach, uh, just a faithful servant of the Lord. And it uh, seemed like she was 100 years old when she was teaching me Bible as a, as a kid. I remember she had difficulties with her ankles. Her ankles would turn in and her ankle bones would literally lay on the floor. And uh, she would come in every week and she'd make Bible time exciting and mission stories and music class. And just a sweet lady. And she led me to Christ when I was five years old. She presented a mission story and asked my class, kindergartners, if we knew Christ as Savior and I did the whole peeking over the arm, you know, looking to see if anybody was raising their hand. And no one else was. And somehow I got the courage to raise my hand to say, I didn't know if I died today, if I'd go to heaven. And she took me outside the principal's office. It was kind of scary, actually. And uh, she set me outside there and she led me to Christ. And I remember going home. one One of the great blessings in life is having a mom and dad that are excited when their children get saved. I remember going home to mom and sitting on the edge of her bed and... And I told her that I trusted Christ as my Savior. And she rejoiced with me. I remember telling my dad when he got home from work, just a faithful man, working, laboring, just a layman, worked for the telephone company. And they rejoiced at the, when I was at the age of five that I'd come to know Christ as my Savior. I was called to preach at the age of 16 there. Pastor Bill Pitsenbarger was preaching a revival underneath the, uh, my pastor, invited him in, Pastor Jack Gwynn. And... Uh, he was preaching and he was looking for a man to stand in the gap, make up the hedge. And I felt the calling of God upon my life. And I'm thankful for a pastor who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit and extended the invitation, one more verse. And I went forward and surrendered my life to full-time Christian service, do whatever the Lord would have me to do. I felt it was the call to preach and a pastor. And uh, it's the greatest decision I ever made in my life besides salvation and, and finding a wonderful wife and the Lord bringing her to me. I was saved at the age of five. I've got a brother and a sister that are faithfully serving the Lord. My brother is an assistant pastor, youth pastor in Ripley, West Virginia at the great Ripley Baptist Temple. Pastored by a wonderful pastor, Pastor Rick Perrine. My brother's been there now for 15 years serving the Lord uh, in that church. My family all attends that church. And and that's a a difficult task to try to pastor and work and labor amongst family. And my brother's doing it uh, wonderfully and I appreciate him and love him. My dad is a lay music director there at the church, serving and working, teaching Sunday school, just faithful, rejoicing in it. My sister and her husband are faithfully working in the children's church. I just want to say that I'm thankful that my dad was faithful to the truth. So delighted that my dad has lived truth. I remember there's times in his life when he didn't, but I'm thankful that he set us down on the couch and he said, boys, honey, I want you to understand that your daddy's done wrong. But Daddy's going to make it right. He confessed to us and he asked the Lord to forgive us and he made it right. And he put, a, he, put a, he put his foot down in life and he turned and he transitioned towards truth. Desiring to live truth. My, my dad is one of the great role models in my life because my dad's a lover of truth. 
He's a little mix of Paul and a little mix of Peter. He's got the zeal of Paul, and he's got the, he's got the want-to of Peter. You know, if somebody wrongs his pastor or something, my dad's ready, he's ready to whip out that sword and knock off somebody's ear. He'll, he'll, he'll fight for anything because my dad loves truth. He just loves truth. And I'm thankful for him. He's been a great help to me. My wife and I, her name is Andrea. We got married in 2002. We're working on our 16th year of marriage. We've got four wonderful children. Clay, he's 14. Elijah will turn 11 in two days. We have a little girl, Esther. She's just a, she's a ball of fire. She's a lot of fun. We thought we knew how to parent until we had Esther. And uh, we were teaching classes and uh, trying to tell people how to raise their kids. And we had Esther and we decided we were going to retool all that material. And uh, so thankful the Lord gave her to us. She's a blessing and she's sweet. And the Lord's going to channel that energy someday and, and put it into ministry and so she can put it into her home and her life. And uh, she's just like my sweet wife. My wife can accomplish more today than I can in a month. And uh, Esther's going to be that same way. And we got a little girl, Riley, three years old. What a blessing she is. She keeps us young and, uh, and, and fun and happy. Uh, she's, just a, she's just a sweet joy. I have the privilege of pastoring a wonderful church. Dr. Guest told you it's the Northside Baptist Church there. It's full of military men and women. We're about 85% active duty or prior military. I rejoice in that. We've got a bunch of men like Tim Mueller that are desiring, wanting to do something, the movers and shakers of the world. Uh, it's a privilege. We're just having a lot of fun trying to accomplish the Great Commission. It's, it's a blessing to pastor a military church, a strong military church, and a church that was raised, raised upright and started right. It was started by Pastor Olton Phillips. He's with the Lord, and uh, I'm the second pastor of the church. We're in our 28th year and rejoicing in that. Uh, but uh, really, it's wonderful. These men and women that I get to pastor, I say, jump, I say jump, and they ask how high. They get it done. They're with me. They're, they're behind me. They're encouraging me, and I praise the Lord for it. I want to encourage you to be praying for the work there. We're, we've started a school. We need some teachers. We're asking the Lord to bring us some right teachers. We're into our fourth year and it's going well, and we're, we're delighted in what God's doing. I've come today not to share with you my life story. I've not come today to share with you about my family or even about our church. But the purpose that I'm here, I'm here for one reason, one reason only. I'm here to be a fellow helper to the truth. I have nothing new to give to you today. I have nothing different to give to you. I'm only come to be an agent that can t- continue the flow of truth to you. The way in which it's presented, it's going to be different. The way uh, the spirit that's given in may be different. The personality that's going to preach it is certainly different. My experience with truth is different than yours, maybe different than anyone else's here. But when it boils down, the reality is simply this. All that I have to offer you today is the truth. The truth. I believe you're satisfied with this. I trust that what I have to offer you today is exactly what you came to hear. I believe that you came to this place, this time, to hear the truth. The reality is that you submitted your life to the will of God for this purpose, because you found a just cause. You found the truth. The truth has changed you. The truth has done something in you. It's stirred you up. It's it's given you a purpose. It's given you a a direction. It's given you a life. You found the truth. The ultimate reason you're at Lancaster Baptist Church and West Coast Baptist College is because You believed it to be a place that heralds forth the truth. You came to learn the truth. You came to learn it so you could be a light in a dark world. You came to be a difference maker. You want to know that your life is ultimately going to count for a good purpose. 
And that is the purpose of the truth. It's truth that unites us together. Why am I here today? Why did your pastor ask me to come preach? Is it just because we ran into each other, we bumped into each other? No. We bumped into each other, we ran into each other. We have one thing in common, and that is the truth. We love the truth. We desire the truth. It's what's brought us together. Though truth divides, it's also our university. We're all circling around. We're all attached to it, circling around it. It is our schoolmaster. It is our teacher. It's our professor. It's the tie of truth that is the blessed tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. Together we're separated out from error and from heresy. And by the great landmarks of truth, our walls have been built. Inside these walls, together we find safety. We find strength. We find fellowship. We find unity. The more truth that's in us, the tighter the bond will grow. This bond allows our mission, our purpose, our goals to be the same. We find the truth. The truth of God's Word. I've come today simply to be a fellow helper to the truth. I pray that the Lord will use today's message to promote the truth. You've got your Bibles. I'd like you to open them, if you would, please, to the book of 3 John. The book of 3 John. This is certainly an epistle that's written by the Apostle John that's to encourage us in the truth. He's writing to Gaius, trying to encourage him. And we find the unity here that's found in the truth. And John, he, the Apostle John, he understands the truth and he understands the unity that's there. In verse 1 of 3 John, he says, The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. The unity is there. They have a common bond, the same unity that you and I have. We, we know the truth. The same unity that Brother Getch and I have is the truth. That Dr. Asmussen, Brother Shepherd, all those here assembled, the, the weavers, all, all of you, the thing that we have in common is the truth. The thing that's brought us together is the truth. This unity we, we gather around, this, this central theme is the truth. It unites us. We're all dangling from the truth. We're all hanging on to the truth. It's, it's the truth that we're circling around, that we're hovering around. Like buzzards, we're circling around the truth. We are gathered together. It is the truth that unites us. And John tells Gaius, he says, Gaius, Gaius I understand, and I, there's something about you that I love, and the thing that I love about you is the fact that you love the truth. It's in you. I, I can understand you love it. He says, I want you to know that I love you in the truth, this common bond, this unity that we have today is truth. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. He understands that he's prospering in his soul because he loves the truth. The truth is in him. He's aware of the truth and therefore the truth can produce nothing but good. The truth can produce nothing but the same purpose, the same mission, the same values, the same goals. Because it's all given to us and directing us. It's all given by Christ and and God has given us a purpose. And John says, Gaius, I know that you're prospering spiritually, but I desire that you prosper physically as well. We'll discover that there's some things that, are, that Gaius is experiencing in his life that may be causing him some troubles physically. There's one that's kind of being a burden and a, and a heartache to him. And certainly there's stress and emotional things involved. And it's taking his time and his energy. And he's having to run to and fro, trying to be a defender and a fellow helper to the truth. And John says, I want you to know, Gaius, I'm praying for you physically as you fight this battle, as you go forward for the cause of the truth. I want you to know that I'm with you and I'm united in prayers for you, for your physical well-being, because I know what you're trying to do spiritually in that place. I'm trying to encourage you. 
He says, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. This brings us to our first point tonight. Number one is the truth must be in you. If you and I are going to walk together in fellowship, if you're going to align with this place, West Coast Baptist Colleges, you spend your formidable years here learning truths from God's Word and developing a philosophy for ministry and, and, and for the work and, and learning how to pastor and learning how to minister and to serve and to serve under others and, and to have authority over your head, I want you to know that truth has got to be put in you. You've got to allow yourself to absorb the truth. You've got to be like a sponge, soaking in the truth, getting it in you, learning, uh, uh, being, being attracted to the truth and allowing it to saturate your life. Oh, how I wish in the classroom I'd given myself greater to the studies of truth. Oh, how I wish I would have learned more and studied more and applied myself more to the truth, to discover truths of God's Word. Deeper and deeper into truth we go and greater and greater the bond to Christ and to His work and to His mission and to His cause and the ability that God gives us to do His work. John writes Gaius and he says, I want you to know, I rejoice that it's commonly reported among you that there is truth in you, truth in you. I wonder what your professors and those who've been around you for a little while would say about you. How much of the truth is in you? How much do you love it? We were just talking in the room before we walked out here and praying together. We're talking about not particular students, but there's students that have a certain aura about them and people in this world that have a certain aura about them. When they walk into a room, there's just something different about them. I think that aura is people who love the truth, God's truth, the Word of God. They're saturated with God and they're inundated with the truth. They want truth and they want more of it and they want to do the truth and they want people to know that the truth is in them and they want their life to emulate the fact that they love the truth. Truth. John writes to Gaius and he says, I rejoice that the truth is in thee. What you're learning here in this time, in this parenthesis in your life, as you're here to learn to serve the Lord, and you never waste time sharpening the axe. You're here to learn to serve the Lord and to go out and do ministry and to work with people and encourage people and to do God's will. It's, it's vitally important that you get the truth in you. Learn the Word of God and learn the ways of God. Allow people to influence you. Ask questions. Get familiar with your professors and the teachers and the pastors and preachers. And learn, learn truth. Learn truth. You need it in this world. I've been in the ministry now for 15, 18 years. Somewhere around in there. This is my third or fourth opportunity to serve in a different place. And I, I first got started in St. Louis, Missouri. And there, there was not a lot of fellowship of other churches. We kind of fell out on an island. There, I was involved in a lot of things. I was, the, I was the bus director. I was a school teacher. I was a youth pastor. I was a camp director. I was the camp maintenance. <laughs> I was uh, the maintenance at the church. I did all kinds of things. And we were busy. And if you're not careful, you can get so busy doing things that you forget about the truth and what you're really there for. And, and you forget what has, what has kept you. And if you're not careful, you get so busy trying to reach people and that just your mind gets away from the truth. And the reality is you start winning people to yourself instead of to the truth. 
And you try little tricks of the trade to win people and to get people and, and, and to get them in your buses and to get them in your Sunday schools and to get them in your youth departments. And you become a chameleon and yeah, boy, you take up all kinds of things. You become a hiker and you become a, a man likes to boat and you, you become a carpenter and you come to all kinds of things trying to appeal to people. But I want you to know the thing that's going to appeal to people the most is when you and I know the truth and is in us, it will attract people. It will be that difference in this world if we will just love the truth and get it in us. We don't need to become like everybody else and everything else. We don't need to become like that guy that seems to be having that church that's full and what is he doing if I could just be more like him. No, be more like the truth and let the truth of God in you come out of you and make the difference and let it be that attraction, that magnet to you and to the Lord, to His place. John says, Gaius, it's certainly obvious that there's truth in you. It's been commonly reported the brethren came and they testified of the truth that's in thee. You're a unique person in this world. And it's because of the truth, John says. You need nothing else but the truth, John. It's a blessing to know that you walk in truth. This brings us to our second point. John says, Gaius, the truth's in you and you're walking in it. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Children walk in truth. We've got a great responsibility to walk in truth. We were reminded in the book of James that we're to be doers of the truth. Not just hearers of the truth, but we're to be doers of the truth. Doers. Doers of the truth. Be doers. Why don't you go back to the book of John in chapter 3. I want to show you just something here quickly in John chapter 3. You remember this story. It's Jesus is dealing with Nicodemus. So we find the great scripture, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We come down to verse number 19, and the Bible says, And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. You know, there's enough people in this world that don't love the truth. There's enough people in this world that don't love the truth. I'm thankful that God has called out a number of young people here, men and women here, who love the truth. There's enough people that don't love the truth in this world. I'm thankful that God has a remnant of people that still love the truth and want to do the truth. This is the condemnation. The light has come to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their, what? Their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. They don't want repentance. They don't want revival. But he that doeth truth cometh to light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and they are, that they are wrought in God. And John says, Gaius, I'm thankful that as you're walking and this truth that's in you, it's made a, it's made a difference in your life. Your belief has determined your behavior. Walk in truth. Walk in truth. It's a great privilege to be amongst people who love the truth and who are walking down the path that I walked a number of years ago. It's hard to believe it's been over a decade. It just goes by so quick. A lot of water has gone onto the bridge. A lot of walking has taken place. There's things that I wish that I could go and take back. Wish that I could do over. Wish that I could rewind and 
do differently? Was there some things that I could take a big eraser and just erase out of my life? Doesn't happen. Can't happen. What we can do is we can bring our deeds before the Lord. We can seek the Lord and ask Him to forgive us. And let God's Word and the truth shine upon our life to make a difference in the way we're walking and moving forward. John says, I'm thankful, Gaius, that you're walking in the truth. It brings great joy to my heart to know that my children walk in truth. The Lord is pleased with us. when We are doers, doers of the Word. What's in your life today, young people, that needs to be eliminated so that you could have a report and a testimony that you walk in truth? I'm thankful that when I was in Bible college, there were no rules written because of me. But that can be said of everybody that was in my classes. There were rules in the handbook because there were people who just would not walk in truth. God's design is that we all are self-governed. Because of sin, that can't take place, and so God had to establish government. Laws had to be established. The same as in a place like this. It would be great if everybody would just Walk in truth and do what's right. Be accountable to God and live knowing that He's with you and He's watching. That doesn't always take place. I want to encourage some of you that are maybe pushing the ticket a little bit. Maybe you're bending the rules, you haven't broken them yet, but you're on the edge and you're standing there and you're wondering what it's going to be like if you did break them and what that's, what that's going to do for you. How it's going to help you. Don't go down that path. Don't take that step. Just walk in truth. Be accountable to God. Let God and the truth reprove your way and walk in it. Hold to it. Believe that God's way is right and believe that God's way is best. God's way is wonderful. I had such a, such a wonderful time talking to Brother Alvarez on the way home from the airport, talking about family. I, I love the subject of family and I've told you, I shared with you, my father was a faithful man. Hearing Brother Alvarez's testimony of loving the truth, he was loving the truth and walking in it. Years ago, he was part of a church that was changing things, changing the Word of God and changing the style of worship. And he held on as long as he could to try to promote and be a fellow helper to the truth where he was. But there came a time where he knew that that was just not something he could do any longer. And so what did he do? He chose to walk in truth. He made a change in his life, in his family, in the direction that a certain particular preacher 
wanted to take his family. And he aligned himself up with truth. Because of that, he's got children that are faithfully serving the Lord. They found the right spouse. They're raising children for the Lord. They're faithfully serving the local New Testament church. What a blessing. What a blessing. John says, it's a great joy to know that my children walk in truth. We come down to verse number 5. It says, Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and the strangers which have borne witness of the charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a goodly sort, thou, do, thou shalt do well. Because if for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. I told you that I am come today to be nothing more than just a fellow helper to the truth. And honestly, this is what ministry is all about. It's nothing more than being a fellow helper to the truth. It's trying to encourage people to do the truth and to promote the truth and to herald forth the truth and, and to proclaim the truth and establish a place in this world where the truth is done and God's people can come on, on a weekly basis, three times a week, and they can come and they can hear the truth and they can get their life established by the truth and get back put up back on the rails of truth and to go out on the highways and hedges and compel people with the truth. It is, what the, it is the truth that we are fellow helpers. I want to encourage you today, be a fellow helper to the truth. Love the truth, know the truth, do the truth, walk in truth. Be a fellow helper to the truth. Not everyone is. John deals with that. Verse number 9, he says, I wrote unto you, Wrote unto the church, but Diotrephes, who loved to have the preeminence among them, receiveth us not Diotrephes, stole the mail. He didn't put the wrong P.O. box on it. He stole the mail and he didn't allow the letter to be read, uh, received by the church. And he didn't read the letter to the church, but he took it because why? He was not about promoting the church. He was about promoting himself. You see, that's where we, we go off, off the tracks sometimes. And we don't like to walk in truth because the truth doesn't always promote us. It doesn't always promote self. It doesn't always allow us to do what we want to do and what seems satisfying to us. It promotes something else. John says there's, there's people that aren't fellow helpers to the truth. Diotrephes is one that loves to have the preeminence. And he goes on and he says, I'll deal with that when I come. He goes on in verse number 11. Beloved, follow not, not that which is evil, but that which is good. Be a fellow helper to the truth. It's thrilling to look at this crowd. Soldiers that are going to march out to preach the truth and to do the truth. People who love the truth, who have given their lives and sacrificed their lives and surrendered to God from all around the country and around the world to come to a place to learn how to better follow God and do the truth and, and relay the truth and promote the truth. I want to encourage you, there's going to, be, there's going to become things in your life that's going to distract from you and somebody's going to come along and they're going to want you to promote yourself and they're going to want you to do what feels good and what feels right and what feels popular and, and, and what is appealing to the next generation and the generation's to come, but I want to encourage you, don't give in to those things. Be a fellow helper to the truth. You keep the truth as preeminent. You keep Christ preeminent and do the truth. I tell you, it's a lonely world out there. 
Oh, it's wonderful in a place like this to come together and be encouraged. But you get out in a world, you get out in a world where you're the only guy in town trying to do the truth, promote the truth. It feels awfully lonely and people are coming to you and they're saying, we don't like your music and we don't like your style of preaching and we don't like the way you dress and we don't feel like feeling like we got to wear a suit when we come to church and a tie. We just rather wear toms with no socks and skinny jeans and a little sweater and we want to show our tattoos and we want to have our hair done the way we want to do it. And we just don't want to feel conviction when we come to a church and there's people after people and churches after churches that are giving into that and when they do they are no longer fellow helpers to the truth because they cannot preach the truth straight they have to preach it watered down and they have to eliminate parts of the truth and they are no longer fellow helpers to the truth we must be lovers of the truth of the word of God we must hang dear to the truth and love the truth and be fellow helpers we find one in verse number 12 Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself, yea, and we also bear record and know that our record is true. Many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, but I trust I shall shortly see thee, and we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee, our friends salute thee. This unity in truth, friends, unity in you don't find the word friends much in the Word of God. But it's given here because they got something in common. They're all hanging on to one thing. They're like that little carousel. They're like that little thing that hangs over top of a, of a, of a nursery bed. And it's all there. And there's little, there's little teddy bears and things. They're all suspended by, by one piece. And that one piece that you and I are all suspended on. We're all connected to truth. And John says, our friends in the truth salute you. And then he says, greet the friends by name. John had friends there. John had friends there. I find it interesting. Often we give much attention to Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence, and we talk about the negative. He gets all the attention, and sometimes we enjoy preaching uh, that, that he's a, he loved himself, and he wants to be the biggest thing, and we often give great attention to that. But I don't believe that's what John gives greatest attention to. As a matter of fact, he just deals with it quickly. Yes, it's, 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 it's part of this letter and, and he wants them to know that this man is no good and he's not really helping the truth. He's not doing what he ought to do. He's, he's not a fellow helper to the truth. He's, he's trying to promote himself. But I'm thankful that John doesn't end with that. He goes on and he talks about the people who are doing right. He talks about the ones who are standing and that there's truth in, in Demetrius and there's truth in his friends at his place and there's truth in the friends at, at Gaius' place. And he talks about the great crowd. And I want you to know, though sometimes it feels when you get out of this place and maybe you feel like a unique uh, teenager and a young adult or, or a unique person in this world and you may feel like you're all alone and it's not the popular thing, I want you to know there's a lot more people like us than we think and believe. There are a lot more people who love the truth than we would ever think to believe but I want you to know there are people in this world that need us and there are people in the world that don't know the truth but once they hear it they will love it because it is distinctively different I'm so thankful that John doesn't end on the negative note he ends on the positive that there are plenty of people 
who love the truth and will do the truth and will walk in truth and are our fellow helpers to the truth. And I want to encourage you, if I can do anything today, if I can help you in any way today, I want to say this, I want you to get on your horse, I want you to ride, and I want you to ride towards the truth. And when you get the truth, I want you to gather it up and I want you to ride from town to town and village and village. And I want you to promote it and be a fellow helper to the truth and don't compromise and don't quit and don't give up and don't think you're one out of all the others. I want you to know that there are plenty of other people who are promoting the truth. And there's a preacher in Nolanville that's going to try to encourage you and help you. And there's a preacher in Lancaster that's going to try to help you. There's a preacher in West Virginia that's standing and preaching the truth and promoting the truth. And there are plenty fellow helpers to the truth. I'm so thankful that John encourages us not to quit, not to give in, not to let our attention be cast just on uh, diatrophies, but our attention ought to be focused on Demetrius and the friends and Gaius and those who are continuing to do the truth. Young people, young people, you cannot be a helper to the truth if you're not walking in the truth. You can't do it. You cannot walk in the truth the truth's not in you. Can't happen. What's in your life today? It's not in tune with the truth. Confess it to God. Get forgiveness. Get your feet lined up with your belief. Believe that God is true and that God is right. That God will honor you for walking in truth. And then, and only then, can you be the fellow helper to the truth that God intends you to be and wants you to be. There will be great longevity. You'll have a life confessing your faults to God and getting your life in tune with the Lord. Living in that constant state of revival.